Hello, everybody. This is Keith, Music Man Hanalek, on the Final on Vinyl podcast interview with John Anderson. Good afternoon, John. I should say good morning. You're out in Southern California, correct? Yeah, morning time, morning time. How are you doing? Great, thank you. I just listened to your album last night. It is absolutely incredible. Oh, uh, you have so many amazing people on that, too. Uh, I I don't know. I... I, I tend to think that people are going to be saying this is probably your best ever solo. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> was it uh, a long time in the making and the logistics and all of that? Uh, was that tough to get everybody together, or did they just send over the files on the Internet like everybody does today? Well, yeah, these days uh, you can make a – as long as you're on the same planet, you can make music together. Right. And uh, I started the album, as people uh, get to know, is uh, I started it 30 years ago in the, uh, Big Bear in the mountains oh of Los Angeles. So I was very happy to work on some ideas up there and uh, working with an old friend of mine, Brian Chatton, who was in my first band, The Warriors. And he's been touring with so many different people, including B.B. King, the keyboard player. And uh, I asked him to write me some music and I could write some songs together. And that's what we did. And, uh, and then things happen in life. You know, I had some musicians up there in Big Bear and we had a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed the music. But I, I, was, I was supposed to go on tour with Kitaro, uh, who I just met that year. And then Brian had to go and do things. So I just broke away from the project for 28 years. And my, my, my garage was full of these tapes. And uh, a couple of years ago, this producer, Michael Franklin, got in touch and said, you know, we should look at these tapes because the, the, the cassettes of the recordings are pretty good, you know. So I said, well, why not? And uh, he just lives in uh, Orlando, which is in a, a musical beehive because there's so many... Uh, Works there that need musicians like Orlando and Disneyland and the world. And uh, he was in touch with a lot of musicians, and uh, I, I explained to him the idea of the album has always been we add musicians and like a collaboration of some of the musicians that I've loved over the years. I really wanted to get the Beach Boys, but uh, just wasn't the time to do that. I, I got Chris Squire, and I wanted to play on a couple of tracks way back in 1990. So that was fun. And, uh, wow, I didn't, didn't realize the story behind that, John. I didn't realize it was that long ago when it started. Yeah, I, I actually, because uh, of the Internet, I've started working on projects now for the last 15, 20 years. And uh, I've, I've, got, I've got about... 10 projects that I need to finish. And now that I'm in quarantine, because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 75 and I'm asthmatic, so I can't really go out anywhere, um, it gives me a chance to, uh, to finish these projects, which is a slow process, which I love. So every day I come in the studio and get only work. But it's really nice to have one hours available now. I can't believe you're 75. And, you know... I saw you a couple of years ago uh, when you went on a tour with Rick. Um, to remember when uh, you did the 90125 album, and 
um, that configuration of Yes, and actually that's one of my favorite Yes albums. And um, yeah. Yeah. I was in Albany at the Palace watching you perform, and I was just in awe of your voice. You sound just as good as you did back in the 70s. How in the world do you maintain that voice? Well, I just feel very blessed to, uh, you know, I've been through a lot of uh, illnesses like we all do, but I came, at the, came out the other end uh, always happy to sing. And so every morning I come in my studio and I sing. I, I do some, uh, I call it vocalizationing. And uh, a couple of tracks on the album are based on that. There's one called Ramalama, the other one called yes. uh, Where Does Music mm. Come From? Um, and it's just something that I do, and I enjoy music so much. I'm very, very uh, committed to the next 20 years of my life, um, wanting to do really good good work. That's what, what musicians like to do, artists of any kind. They want to do good work. And I was... I was lucky to meet Mark Chagall, one of the great artists of the, the last century, when he was 90 years old, and he was still painting. And I thought, I, I want to do that. <laughs> I'm sure you will. You know, Rama Lama is a great song. And that's, you know, the, the yes sound, with the, 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 and the way you do that. And um, I really didn't want to compare you, your solo albums to yes, but I, I just heard that little bit of influence there. Would you agree that that was there? You could compare it or no? Well, there's no harm in comparing. I mean, I worked in, in Yes, I wasn't just the singer. You know, I was the coordinator of ideas along with everybody else, but I was really, they used to call me Napoleon because I wanted to get stuff done and no messing around. And uh, I was very eager to listen to the musicians that I worked with, with uh, obviously the initial band. And then, uh, you know, there were some moments in the initial band with Bill Bruford and uh, Peter Banks where, you know, we'd start doing a little bit of West Side Story here and there and do America and uh, adventures. And uh, obviously Chris was always there uh, wanting to, to make this happen. He always used to say to me, I never want to let you down. And I said, well, let's keep at it, you know. And two or three albums, you know, we had Steve Powell in the band. It was a big evolution for me to have somebody who knew so much uh, guitar chords and things. We wrote a lot of beautiful songs together. And then Nick Wagon joined, and, you know, the, the sort of balance of the music sort of became spontaneous then and uh, but a lot of hard work you know it was uh, you know a lot of rehearsing and i was very demonstrative about working you know we can't just sit around thinking we're rock stars that's not that's not what we're doing we're, we're creating music that's very different and eventually we got to a stage where we did uh you know the fragile album and close to the edge we did breakthrough because uh, it, it had nothing to do with radio. It had everything to do with music. And I've just carried on that sort of uh, state of mind all throughout my career. It sounds like you and Chris motivated each other, and I'm sure you miss him so much. Not really. You know, I, I loved him. Uh, we were brothers. Of course, he, if he was here tomorrow, he would really help me at this moment in time. Because I'm working on this gigantic piece of music now, and it's driving me crazy. But 
I have to tell you, I I bought the um, the Stephen Wilson remasters on LP for Yes. They are absolutely phenomenal. I'm sure you've listened. Yeah, really, really good. Um, yeah, I always, definitely. Yeah, I always think that uh, these days you can grade anything. I'm actually next year I'm going to re-release Elias, which was my first solo album, because I'm going to upgrade the mix and. Uh, Make it sound better. That's what I right? do. Elias of Sun Hollow, your first, which is one of the fan favorites, right? Yeah. So I, you know, I want to do that for next year. And uh, along with 1,000 Hands, uh, we toured 1,000 Hands last year. And it was really an important uh, procedure because I wanted to work with musicians uh, that, that could expand uh, some classic yes. Uh, tracks and, uh, and we did it and uh, we even had a sort of big band thing going on as well as a full orchestra thing going on and we had eight musicians so you can actually uh, you know the keyboard one of the uh, two keyboard players and one of the keyboard players from the trombone and we have a saxophone player and then you double up the sounds with modern technology, and you finish it with a big band sound, and we do uh, yours and know it's grace. In the middle of it was unbelievable. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I uh, classified it as world slash new age music. Um, it's definitely worldly, uh, the, the sound. Obviously, the jazz influence is in there with the, the horns and the Tower of Power horn section. You could have picked a better horn section than that. I know it was Michael Franklin who was the guy who was the kingpin. He, 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 you know, he started working on the tracks, and the first one he sent was called uh, "Activating." It was all the music exactly from Big Bear, thirty years, well, twenty-eight years ago, and uh, and he had Ian Anderson play, playing on it, and all of a sudden the, the, the track went to boom and bigger and bigger and, and more alive with uh, Ian's uh, incredible flute playing. And uh, the same thing happened with Chuck uh, Come Up, and uh, he put uh, Billy Cobham on that one, and uh, oh, it was amazing. And Korea, and I, I'd worked with John Ponson, so I asked John Ponson to play on Come Up, and to me, it's a classic uh, musical event in my, for me in my life, anyway. Well, I can believe that, you know. Um... I was just thinking of the title, A Thousand Hands. I'm thinking last night as I was writing the review, he must be referring to all the people that were involved in the album. Is that right? Or was, was there another meaning behind that title? So it's, it's the idea. Uh, when, when I first started my uh, Facebook, I wrote down all the people that have influenced me in my life, and I wrote down about 100 people, 120 people or something like that. And then I thought about all the people that are working on this album. I said, hey, and, and uh, Michael Franklin, if what we could call it a thousand hands, it's about a thousand hands been working on your life. I said, yes. Interesting. Well, you're a very spiritual, humble man, John, and that comes through in the music. It's such a beautiful thing, and I enjoyed listening to that so much. It just filled me up, you know, and you can tell that you're coming from a place that's true and original and from the heart. And 
it's all you, you know, and it, it's a real beautiful thing. I just wanted to congratulate you on that. I hope it sells millions of copies for you. Thank you. <laughs> so you have a lot of different things going on all at once because uh, quarantine's there and you're taking the time. And uh, how much time do you spend in the studio each day? Well, it depends. I get, get in the studio at 9 till 4. So it's about six hours a day. And, uh, you know, I have a break in the middle, but, you know, some lunch or something. But I, I'm, I'm sort of dedicated to getting some things finished that I started. And uh, <clears throat> I know sometimes you, you work on ideas and three three or four days later, you, you just whack it and start again. And it's like painting, you know, it's like something you do and there's no stress, there's no record company involved, there's nobody hustling me to get it finished. So I have this free time to work on uh, some of the very interesting work. You know, I've been writing stories for a long time. So I put some stories to music and they've come out very well. So I'm arranging uh, along with the music, and uh, it's, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Um, there's going to be time next spring when I can let these out um, next summer. And, you know, it'll it'll be uh, for for anybody who understands me a little bit and knows my work work throughout the years. It's a continuation of adventure music. Well, I look forward to that, you know. Um, it's great that you can get all that work done and you feel so healthy. And Are you on any, any kind of special diet or exercise? Is that something that's part of your life that keeps you so nice and thin and healthy? Well, uh, enjoying some wine, which is good. And I have a couple of friends who keep sending me wine, which I love very much. And me and my wife enjoy ourselves. <laughs> You know, me and my wife really love each other so much. We've been together 20, 27 years, and and uh, it's it's uh, it was our anniversary just a couple of days ago. And oh, happy anniversary! Nice. We just very natural love of life. Uh, very very connected to the spiritual awakening that we're all going through. It's not just here. Any everybody in the world is going through this awakening. Because of, the, because of the virus, it's a knowledge that we're all connected. For the first time in the history of the human experience, we're all connected through the Internet, you see. And That's uh, true. people are just, you know, sitting back and watching things happen and knowing that change is coming. Very, very much like it was in the 60s to me, because there, there was this energy around. The music was really wild and wonderful and everything and, and uh, hippies and more peace and love and you know, and that is in, in one of the songs I'm actually singing about that. It uh, makes me happy. <laughs> it's the idea. That's a good song, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very similar to the 60s, I agree. And um this is volume one. How many volumes of this do you think you're going to be putting out of 1,000 Hands? Well, you never know. If, if things go well, we're, we're sort of, um, we're halfway through volume two. Um, there were some songs that we didn't put on the album, so there are other ideas coming through. And 
a couple of long form pieces that I want to produce. So Michael Franklin is the producer. You know, we've really got our head together on hopefully being able to sustain this now that the album's coming out. And, uh, you know, next spring I hope to tour the album and obviously from classic yes music. And uh, who knows, uh, we might have uh, the uh, chapter two done by next Christmas or something like that. I don't know. Sounds great. Have you heard Rick's new album? I covered that last week, uh, Red Planet. It's amazing. I'd be very interested in uh, in listening to um, the Bolero. He, he has a Bolero, doesn't he, on, on that? I believe so, but I was talking about the new album that just came out within the last few weeks, Red Planet. It's about Mars. Oh, no, I don't know about that one. <laughs> oh, it's incredible, John. It's absolutely incredible. And uh, I'm actually going to speak to Rick um, on the 20th. And yeah. it, it's it, it's uh, interesting how this is lining up that, you know, he put an album out. I reviewed it. I'm going to interview him. And it, same thing with you. So it, it's like karma. It's amazing how things come together. Oh, yeah. What was the name? People were uh, clamoring. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, what was the name of the, his, his last album? But I heard his new album's got this bolero on that I actually uh, recorded with him, and I don't know if he hears the original. Oh, okay. Well, this is a different one. It's the Red Planet. And um, no. I, actually, I actually got the vinyl, and it opens up with a pop-up in the middle, like the uh, one of the old Jethro Tull albums. It's really cool. And, uh, okay. yeah, it's very proggy, and uh, I'm sure you'd like it. But I just wanted to mention that. I, I know... Uh, Rick's a friend of yours, and you've made a lot of music with him over the years. Uh, he's yeah. absolutely amazing as well. Yeah, he has this joke about me. He says that John Anderson is the only guy he knows who's trying to save this planet while living on another one. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he said something in the inside of his album that said, uh, this is for those who uh, uh, like the red planet and th for those who think they're on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's been fantastic, fantastic, fantastic talking to you. Um, it's an honor to do so, and I appreciate your time so much. And I wish you all the success in the world, and I hope we have an opportunity to speak again, John. Thanks a lot. You would take care, and uh, be well. <laughs> you too, my friend. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.